0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to our Wednesday webinar. Today, we are joined by Bishop Stephen Serafana, who is the apostolic (coughs) visitator for the Sierra Malabar Catholic Church in Europe. After his philosophical and theological studies at St. Thomas Apostolic Seminar in Varavadur, he obtained a doctorate in moral theology at the Alphonsian Academy in Rome and now he bears the Episcopal title of Slate in Europe. He is from Putinchira, which is the same place as Saint Maryam Trecia. And so tonight he will be exploring the topic, lowly but chosen, a session about Saint Maryam Trecia, one of our very own saints. So please have your notebooks and pens ready. And if you have any questions or anything to ask during the session, put in the Q&A box and send it over to us. Now I will hand it over to Bishop. Hi, good morning everybody.
1: Uh, Dear Bishop Bhaskwaputu and my dear friends in the webinar, I know the reason why I am chosen to lead this seminar lowly but chosen. As you know, and uh, as it was introduced by your friend, my family is only 52 hundred meters distant from the house of Saint Maryam Therese. Four things I want to say to underline the affinity that our family had with Maryam Thracia. Number one, Maryam Thracia used to come to our house and call my grandfather. That means Brother Joseph, who was just one year older than Maryam Threshia. Secondly, my uncle, priest Father George Arpanath, who was parish priest of Ua Bishop Boskoputhu in 1960s, used to get coffee and refreshments from Mother Mariam Threshia after altar serving. She was very keen and particular to give it and to encourage the altar boys. The third thing is, two paternal aunties joined holy family congregation of whom one was healed by Mariam Trecia. that time she had the gift of healing. And the fourth and the last, the first convent, or the first house, or the house of solitude, and the first primary school of the Holy Family Congregation is just opposite to my own house in Puttencera. Now I divide uh, the whole session into this forty minutes or thirty-five to forty minutes to four uh, to concentrate on four areas. I divide uh, the political, geographical, and ecclesiastical and spiritual background of Puttencera. And the second, life and ministry of Maryam Theresea. And the third, the canonization process and the growth of the Holy Family Congregation. And the last, some reflections on the life and ministry of St. Maryam Theresea and of the Holy Family Congregation. Now, politically and geographically, Putanchira is a rather remote village in Trichur district. It is surrounded by three municipalities, namely Idinyanakuda, Chalakudi, kodunallur and one small town called Mala. When we take all the four, almost at the center of these four towns situates Putanchira. May be more close to Mala town. Till 1761, it was a part of the then Kochi state. However, Putanchira village was donated as a gift by Kochi Raja to Travancore Raja for supporting Kochi during the battle against Kochi by Koikod Samutiri. Till the birth of Kerala state in 1956, Putanchara was a part of Travancore, but surrounded by Kochi state. Till this day, we find Kodikalugal, the short form of Kochi and Kodikkalugal, in the boundaries of Putanchara village. There were tax collecting centers in the boundaries of Putanchara. The ecclesiastical background, you know, birthplace or Beth Parish of Marianth is the present Putanchira foreign parish of Our Lady of Nativity with almost 700 families founded in 4th century. It was part of the undivided Tichur Diocese. However since 1978 it belongs to the Diocese of Irinjalakuda. Now how do we find a Christian community in Putanchira? During the religious persecution in Kodanallur in 4th century, some Christian families came and settled in Putanchara and they built the first church. Now from that church, from that community, in the 20th century, six parishes, namely Kulikatichari, Saviour, Putanchara East, Kadupukara, Kudirathadam and Tumbur got bifurcated. It is in the Putanchara East Parish, Kudikati Sheriff Convent is situated where the mortal remains of St. Mother Maryam Theresia and Venerable Joseph Vidayatil be uh, found. present parish church was built by Venerable Joseph Vidayatil. It is the fourth church built in the same site since. Uh, 4th century. Now, what is the ecclesiastical prominence of Putanchara? Putanchara is the 13th church according to chronological order built by Marthoma Christians, kept by Siro Malabar Church in Kerala, and according to the list officially published from St. Thomas Mount, the headquarters of Syro Malabar Church. In Trichur area, this may be the fourth church in chronological order, first being Kudungalur, second Palayur, third Ambalakkad and Putanchira, the fourth. Secondly, it was the cathedral church in the 18th century. Cathedral church means then Badrasanapalli of the Kudungalur Archdiocese, of the archbishops who ruled from 17 not 1 to 1777 residing in putanchira there were four archbishops all from portugal john ribeiro Anthony pimentel john Aloysius Vasconcelos, salvador rose reyes this during the time of the second archbishop who resided in putanchira archbishop Anthony pimentel Between 1716 to 1752, Arnos Padiri, the author of Puttanpana, visited and stayed in the presbytery in the bishop's house with the Archbishop. All the four died in Putanchara and were buried in Putanchara church. Still the tombs and Tom slabs are seen in the church and kept beautifully in the church. And some specialities with regard to the potential parish, since it was a cathedral church, there was an altare privilegiatum, a privileged altar which was conferred to all the cathedral churches. Secondly, there was a cross and you find even now in two places just a In front of the church, and uh, there is a chapel uh, on the roadside. Both places you find crosses with the two horizontal bars. It was particular for cathedral churches. And And the third, see, in the undivided ritual, this is the first church to be consecrated, not to be blessed. Blessing is normally taken place for any and every church but this was consecrated and three bishops were must for a consecration of a church. D. There is a beautiful picture of Mother Mary with the child Jesus in hand and on either side St. Peter and Paul. And there is a writing on it written in Estranchela alphabet of la- language, Syriac language which existed in 400 AD that was brought from Portugal. And there's an inscription. The inscription uh, uh, goes like this The prayer of Blessed Virgin Mary, the mother of our Savior, be our refuge day and night and forever. And also we find a centuries old baptistry. And stamped cajons, that means Panayola. The spiritual background of a Putanjara, spiritual prominence, as you know, it is the birthplace of Saint uh, Maryam Thracia. Secondly, this is the parish where the Venerable, that means the spiritual father of Saint Maryam and and con- founder of Holy Family Congregation, Father Joseph Idetil was the parish vicar for 20 years from 1902 to 1922. Maybe, uh, and the third one is maybe an historical irony, you know, uh, four Portuguese bishops died and buried there. Now, you know, four bishops hailed from that Putanchara, that old area the first Bishop of Irinjalukadmar James Prayatil and the Archbishop of, Archbishop James Panigullam who was in um, uh, diplomatic service. They, they too hail from Putachara East and Marpolikannukradan Sheri, which was built by, uh, which was uh, built and bifurcated by uh, Venerable Joseph Idayatil, and myself being uh from Putanjara foreign parish and as you know there are over 100 priests and uh, more than 500 600 sisters hailed from the same place. Now the the uh, background is over. Now we come to the life and ministry of Saint uh, Maryam Tracia. As you know St. Maryam Thresia was born on 26th April 1876 as the daughter of Toma Churamel Magadiyan and his second wife Anna called Thanta. The Magdian family is of the Ullur branch of the Churamels. She was encircled by two brothers and two sisters in the family and she was the third. That means the tender. She received First Communion when she was 10, at the age of 12, in 1888, she lost her mother. At the death of her, her mother, she accepted Blessed Virgin Mary as her mother and in 1904, added name Mariam, that means Mary, to her own name, Thracia. From their own words, she was called Marian Thracia. Till then she was only Thracia, which she received in a vision. Birth house of Marian Thresia was only 300 meters away from the Putanchara old church. So at her, the present church also. So at her fourth age onwards, she used to come for daily mass attended catechism and studied in Ashan Perlikudam and primary school of the church. Financially, although her grandfather was quite rich and quite well off, after the marriage of his seven daughters, the family became very poor. And her father and one brother fell into the habit of drinking. And that caused psychologically, psychological problems for the family as well as for Maryam Theresea. In 1902, she took Father Joseph Vithayatil, uncle of late Cardinal Varki Vithayatil, as her spiritual father. As she was deserving her vocation, first she was asked by Bishop John Menachery, the Bishop of to join the Franciscan Clarist Congregation, which was started in those years, but she uh, she gave a uh, no to such a request. And the secondly, she was sent to the Carmelite convent in Kulu, Olu, from 26 November 1912 to 27 January 1913. She was resident there. And there she met St. Euphrasia, who was the mistress. Finally, Father Vidayatil started a house of solitude with the permission of Bishop Menacheri for Maryam Theresia and her three friends, which was blessed by, in 1913, by at present Venerable Father Augustine Uken, then Secretary. To Bishop Manacheri and later founder of charity congregation. Later, this house became the first house of holy family congregation. Now their life of these four was centered around three things. Number one, prayer. Number two, ministry in the parish church. Number third, family apostolate. Throughout these years, in 19 uh, that is from 1902 till 1914 there was constant contact among Bishop John Menachery, Father Joseph Hidayatil, her spiritual father and St. Maryam Thracia. After long, after a long years of discernment Bishop John Menachery, the Bishop of Tuchu, decided to start the congregation of Holy Family on 14th May, 1914, for Maryam Theresea and her three friends from childhood. She received her religious habit with the new name, Maryam Theresea of Assumption at the age of 38. Maryam then Malayalam, But now, Sorgado no, Bida Maryam Now, the name change, no that we are resembling like the name change of St. Peter from Shemeon or from Simon to Peter or from Abram to Abraham. So even a, a, any any calling, any vocation, the, the name changing is taking place. With her joined in the same congregation the same day and received the religious habits were her three close friends from childhood. as. I told you number one Malikil Kunen Kunyu Magal Thantam, later she was called Clara, the professor's name. Number two Malikil Kunen Ittida Magal Kocchu Mariyam, professor's name Agnes, Karimalikil Varunni Magal Mariyam, professor's name Veronica and the house of solitude started in 1913 became the first house of the congregation. Father Joseph Vitayatil, the first chaplain, and Saint Maryan Theresa, first superior of both the house and the congregation, and on June 1st, 1950, the congregation started their first lower primary school for the upliftment of women, of the girls, close to the first convent that is just opposite to my own house. Still, that a uh, uh, school is there where I studied. Before the death of Mother Maryam the congregation had only three more houses. A rented house in Trichu in 1918 for the studies, for the studies of the novices and the sisters of the Holy Family Congregation, uh, because it was close to the colleges. And the mother house in Kulikar Sheri in 1922, where she was buried and the fourth house in Tumpu near Putemchira in 1926. And in 1926, the inaugural blessing, that may 10th, the inaugural blessing of the chapel of the fourth house in Tumpu became the cause of her death. Let us heed to the words of Chevalier Kathy Chaco about the last moments of her death. The new convent at Thumpur was blessed on 10th of May 1926. The railings bordering the sanctuary gave way under the pressure of crowds. Unfortunately, a part of it fell on the feet of Mother Maria Amtresia, wounding her seriously. It made a deep cut which festered and grew into an ulcer in a few days' time. Since she was diabetic it became an ulcer. She was taken to regulatory for treatment as the ulcer did not show signs of healing because of diabetic. An operation was indicated and she was removed to the hospital at Chalapudi. There was hardly any improvement. The condition grew worse and threatening. On the 6th of June she was suspected to be nearing her end. The spiritual director, Father Vidayatil, administered the last sacraments to her. She responded to the prayers, fully conscious of the situation. The next morning, she was taken to the mother house at Kujikati as directed by the Bishop. Perhaps even here, the plans of providence were working out in her favor. The founders was to breathe her last at the mother house only. As the day advanced, the condition became more and more critical towards 8 p.m. on Tuesday 8, June 1926, even as her spiritual director and a number of priests and fellow religious were looking on, she passed away, fortified by all the rights of Mother Church. Her body was interred. The next day at the convent chapel and Right Raitavaram, Monsignor Matthew Etakalathur, then Vicar General to the Bishop of Trichur, was the chief celebrant at the funeral rise. And the very thoughtful funeral oration was done by Father Joseph Kayalagam, vicar of Putanchara Parish. Now, during this age, what are the spiritual orientations that we find in St. and Therese? She wanted to be, number one, she wanted to be alone, with the alone, through night vigil, meditation, and solitude. One, she wanted to run away from her own house in search of silence and solitude. Number two, during her lifetime, she left everything to God's power of providence, especially during the worst financial condition of the congregation and the first house at the very beginning. And the third, she wanted to do penance. Sada mullaranyana kittuga, I chill, Nali the four days of fasting in a, in, in, in a week. Sometimes, Shari little Chamati won the Rikuga, Mulchata the Rikuga, Echata, Still, we find in the Marian Theresia Museum in Kurikatichil, Bacham till Kaipuga, the All these sufferings were meant for the conversion of sinners. Number four. She fought against temptation in the areas of faith, hope, and chastity. Number five, she used to have been possessed by devil and Father Joseph Hidayatil at the directive of Bishop John Menachiri, made recourse to exorcism to get her released from the diabolic possession. Number six, she was a mystic like Teresa of Avina, who used to have heavenly visions of Blessed Virgin Mary and the Holy Family and of child Jesus. Also had gifts of prophecy, healing, aura of light and order. Number seven, she became the first stigmatist from Kerala like Francis Assisi and Padre Pio having had stigmata on 27th January, 1906. Stigmatist is a person who gets the wounds of Christ. Panchachad. Number eight, doing family apostolate. Number one, visiting the families, talking to the people, really listening to their, especially those affected by leprosy, smallpox and chickenpox. Ministry to the gravely sick at the deathbed. Number four, taking the case of the orphans and giving shelters to them. In some total in Maria and Tracia we find a person who has passion for God and compassion for his people. Now we come to the canonization process and the growth of the congregation of the Holy Family. People were aware of the sanctity of mother Maria and Tracia. So people used to come to the tomb of Maryam Theresa, because as Ike Gujaral, then Prime Minister of India, told about the about the uh, about the death and burial of uh, uh, of uh, of uh, Saint Maryam uh, Mother Teresa, there was a pressure uh, not to have a solemn burial, national burial, to 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 to, to Mother Teresa. But then he said in an interview, sanctity cannot be hidden. In 1963, the request to start canonization prayer was granted by Bishop George Alepat, then Bishop of Trichu. In 1971, the request to start canonization process was accepted by Bishop Joseph Kuntugulam, Bishop of Trichu, then Bishop of Trichu. In 74, Congregation for the Course of Saints accepted the request to get her canonized. Once they accepted, she began to be called servant of God in 74. In the eighty three, report of the canonization tribunal was submitted, both historical commission report and theological commission report to Vatican by Bishop James Pariattel. Since in 1978, Irina Lakota got bifurcated from Tichu. On 28 June 1999, she was declared venerable And uh, in any case, you know, for both beatification and canonization, you need a miracle. For beatification, the healing of the clubbed foot of Matthew's son of Debesi Pelliceria, Madam of the Tichur Archdiocese was submitted and the beatification took place in Rome in the great Jubilee year 9th April 2000 by Pope St. John Paul II. For canonization, Miraculous healing of the child Christopher attested by a Hindu doctor in Namala hospital, and the canonization took place on 13th October last year, 2019, by Pope Francis in the presence of the Synod of bishops of the syro Malabar church. Now the growth of holy family congregation, the charism of family apostolate attracted many, even from Putanchura, her own native place from very rich, high families, people, women came in. We showed that she and her charism was much appreciated by even by local people. Later from different parts of Kochi and Travancore stage, many joined this congregation. And today they have over 200 members in the congregation. They have 230 convents distributed almost in 10 provinces spread in 54 dioceses in and in four continents their main action their main accent of the ministries are in the areas of family apostolate educational education apostolate health apostolate social apostolate and printing or media apostolate and they have almost around 180 institutions to realize uh, I mean, these ministries. Now we come to uh, some reflections on the life and ministry of St. Maryam Theresea and of the congregation of the Holy Family. Number one, indigenous charism. Congregation of the Holy Family, unlike other congregation with foreign linked charisms, or Western monastic charisms based typically on the needs and aspirations of the Kerala people, the Sero Malabar church people. So, and so, Holy Family Congregation, the first indigenous Sero Malabar women congregation to be anchored in the indigenous charisms. Any charism and every charism is given to the individual and it is for the good of the church. And secondly, family apostolate, it is well ahead than the official church. This apostolate, the charism of the Holy Family Congregation and the congregation to preserve the said charism founded in 1914, started precisely 66 years before the publication of Familiaris Consortium. The post synodal apostolic exhortation on family in 1980 by John Paul II, and 100 years before the publication of Amoris Letiziae, the post synodal apostolic Exhort- exhortation on family by Pope Francis. A young lady like Marian Tracia, born in a remote village like Uttancharai in 1876, could think far ahead than the two great popes of our age. We happen to read in her life history that the heavens gave her some anticipatory knowledge, maybe also with regard to families. And the third, spirituality of accompaniment. Amoris Laetitia, the post-Synodal Apostolic Exhortation on Family, speaks of accompaniment of the couples or family, a spirituality that urges the Holy Family Sisters to accompany the families, the couples. For that purpose alone, Mary and formed 100 years before in 1914 a precisely a congregation. A, number fourth, a spirituality of listening to the couples. It's about St. Cardinal John Henry Newman, who was canonized together with St. Mary and We say, that he said, he saw a miracle in the Catholic Church, namely, inverted comma, the confessional. What happens in the confessional? According to him, it is cor ad cor elocutor. That means, that is Latin, heart speaks to the heart. That's what, we, what take place in, in, in the confessional. Now, Marian and the sisters in the congregation went to the families, especially those families affected and troubled by alcoholism, financial crisis, sickness, pandemic, and death, and listened to them and talked to them and their children as if a priest listens to the penitent sitting in the confession. Holy Family sisters substituted the lost core ad core to relationship in the families. Missing of this type of core ad core relationship within the couples and among the families is one of the reasons for the breakup of the families in Europe and at present in our own motherland. In the fifth, at the end of the last two century, when I was about to finish my studies in Rome, I received a book from the famous Vatican, Second German moral theologian Bernard Hurry. Twice I confessed with him. I had my confessions with him in Germany. The title of the book goes like this I have seen your tears. I have seen your tears. The whole book is about to have a person in life who understands our sufferings, anxieties, and our worries. The criteria for for Last Judgment in Matthew chapter 25 is this. It is the capacity to see the tears of others, the fellow men. Whether we saw the tears of those who are hungry, tears of those who are thirsty, tears of those who are strange or migrant, tears of those who do not have clothes, tears of those who are sick, tears of those who are in prison that is the criteria of the last judgment actually this is the gospel leading for the feast of Saint Maryam Trisha this goes very well with the thoughts words and deeds of Pope Francis now number six she fostered spirituality a spirituality of seeing God in the sufferings, like Moses who saw God in the bushes. She was surrounded and suffocated by various forms of sufferings. Sufferings that she received from the pathetic family condition. Psychological suffering that she received at the calumny of the local people. Even seeing, seeing the confession with the spiritual father, even they went to the extent of telling that she has an affair with Father Joseph, with Ayatul, her own spiritual father. Suffering in the form of rejections from the ecclesiastical authorities, now physical suffering that she took on herself and now suffering through the diabolic possessions and the last suffering received from the heavens through stigmata. In all these sufferings, she could see God like the Job of the Old Testament. Now the seventh, Maryam Therese had always an Elroy experience like that of Hagar in Genesis chapter 16 in her life since she was a mystic like St. Teresa of Avila. Elroy means you are the God who sees me. For Hagar said, and here, Maria Teresa said, I have now seen the one who sees me. Maria Therese always had a very firm belief like Haka, that God sees her with all the background of her sufferings and agony. This helped her to food herself deeply in the providential care of God the Father. Now, so What is our problem? What is my problem? In my sufferings, God sees me. But in my suffering, I don't see God. Now, eighth, the founding of the congregation of the Holy Family to put in the circular language is the product of a teamwork. Bishop John Menacheri, Father Joseph Didayatil, the mentor of spiritual father of Maryam Therese, and finally Maryam Therese herself, Marendraesia like Jesus had a company of three, started as childhood friends, grown together in and around the present parish church Putanchara, and joined with her in the congregation and started the house and faced all the starting problems and difficulties together. Socrates says, show me your friend, I shall tell your character. Now Nayant and the last. Maryam Theresia loved silence and solitude and lived in the house of solitude, which later became the first house of the congregation of the Holy Family. Cartusian monastic spirituality says silence and solitude are guests of soul in great silence and is close to the heavens. He or she allows God to manifest in him in silence in his book the power of silence Colin, against the dictatorship of noise cardinal robert sarah says silence is the elevator to heaven romana guardini very influential in the life of pope benedict says in his famous book the lord the greatest things are accomplished in silence roman senator seneca once told in the same line greater things are taken place in silence benedict the Sixteen says that we live in a society in which it seems that every space every moment must be filled with projects, activities, and noise. And there is often no time even to listen. Dear brothers and sisters, let us not fear to create silence. That's in the was telling. Because silence is the law of divine plans. The great author C.S. Lewis says, Noise is the music of hell. However, without noise, postmodern man. Falls into a dull, insistent uneasiness. Noises give him security like a drug on which he has become dependent. Moses, Elijah, and John the Baptist encountered God in the great silence of the desert. Therefore, solitude is the best state in which to hear God's silence. For some, someone who wants to find silence, solitude is the mountain that he must climb. There is no place on earth where God is more present than in the human heart. This heart is God's abode, the temple of silence and solitude. Mary Mtrishya was fully aware of this. She knew that silence is desperately needed. In the contemporary society, let us recover silence, the sacredness of silence. Thank you so much to each and every one of you, and especially to Bishop Bosco, who invited me to share my reflections on Mary, Theresa, and the Congregation of Holy Family.
0: Thank you very much, Father for the wonderful session on cinema, in and thank you for all the attendees that came we hope to see you at the next session